Hi, this is Netta. You've probably taken several personality tests in your life, right? Like I've taken ones that have called me the entertainer. I've been told I'm a high eye. I'm a sanguine. I'm a, I forgot what the animal is. Um, And you've probably taken the Enneagram test. That test seems to really connect with the 20 and 30 year olds. Um, I have to admit, okay, so my daughters have said, mom, take it, take it. And I've taken it like four times and I always forget what number I am. I'll even ask them and they're looking at me like, you can't remember one number. (laughs) But I I think I don't connect with it. I don't relate to it quite as much as they do. But um, back in 1996, I was pregnant with Courtney and we were on the staff retreat. It was super cool. And we took this amazing disc personality test. And Sandy Culkin had this um, really cool godly man had created a version that had like biblical references to it. And so after we took the test, we're going around the room and everyone in the staff and their spouses are sharing what their personality is and which person in the Bible, according to the things that he had created, which person we related most to or we are most like. So people are like, my personality is this, so I'm David. And somebody else, my personality is this, so I'm most like Peter. And I'm like, this is sweet. And it comes to me and I'm like, my personality is this. And I'm like, Aaron. This is like Aaron, Aaron. Like build a golden calf in the desert, Aaron. Like the older brother of Moses, Aaron. And I was like, oh, stinking. In Exodus 32, it tells a story about when Moses is up on the mountain getting instructions from God forever. And Aaron's hanging out with the people. He's number two in charge. And they get restless. So they ask him, hey, we want a God we can serve and see with our eyeballs. And so he comes up with this great plan to build, you know, a calf. And if you're unfamiliar with that story, read it. In Exodus 32, it doesn't go well for anybody. But it says he he was, you know, the people came to him and he wanted to please them. And I'm like, ugh. Now, I have to tell you that Aaron did have good days and his descendants went on to be the priests. I mean, all through the Old Testament, the priests who served God and got to go into his presence in that tabernacle back in the day were his descendants. So, you know, it wasn't all bad. Uh, He made some good choices after that. But let's bump up to Acts chapter 12 about another leader who had a similar problem and it didn't go so well because he didn't turn from that. In chapter 12, at the very beginning, it talks about King Herod. Now, he's not a Roman king. This is the Jewish king. But of course, the Roman Empire was over Israel at that time. So he was kind of like a a king puppet with power, sort of. And it says at the beginning that he started to persecute some of the believers in the church. And when Herod saw how much it pleased the Jewish people, he's like, sweet. And he arrested Peter. He's like, we're going to go somewhere with this because it's pleasing the people. And the story goes on to tell how God sent an angel and released Peter. And it's such a neat way how he goes about that. Then it comes back to the whole Herod story. And in verse 20, it says that Herod was very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. And so they sent a delegation to make peace with him because their countries were dependent on Herod's country for food. So basically they're like, we have to go kiss up to Herod or we're going to starve. So when the delegates arrived, they won the support of one of Herod's personal assistants and they got an appointment with the king. 
when the day arrived, Herod put on his royal robes, sat on his throne, and made a speech. So he's, you know, coming in all kingly with pomp and circumstance, and he makes this speech. Now the people who are there to kiss up start shouting with this great ovation, it's the voice of a god, not a man. And it says, instantly, the angel of the Lord struck Herod with a sickness because he had accepted the people's worship instead of giving glory to God. And he was consumed with worms and died. Worms. Ew. Okay, we had a dog like years ago that got worms, but I didn't I didn't understand much about worms and we didn't realize it at the time. And all of a sudden he puked all over our bedroom floor. And I'm calling Chili, freaking out, going, he threw up. I think I think he ate spaghetti. <laughs> Chili's like, uh, honey, that sounds like he has worms. Oh, it was nasty. But in Herod's case, he died of them. It literally ate him from the inside out. Friends, different personalities, of course, are drawn to people pleasing more than others, perhaps. But all of us have it in us that we want to be admired by people. We would like to have some influence. We would like to be accepted and loved. And those desires are there, but they're supposed to be aimed and filled by Jesus. This Christmas time, I don't want to be, and I don't want you to be, consumed with anything that eats at you from the inside out. So, so in my living room, we have the little people manger scene set up because our granddaughter's coming um, pretty soon. And so I didn't want to put our big breakable one. I put our cute little one that she can touch. So I grabbed the baby Jesus in the manger and I'm looking at it right now that's the cutest little face I'm sure Jesus looked nothing like this it's a plastic cartoon okay but it's representing the God of the universe who made everything who loved us so much and still does that he chose to give it all up and go be treated like garbage in a world that he made with people that he knows everything about And we still treat him like garbage as humans. And yet he loves us. And when I look at this little face, I'm like, he loves me. He accepts me. He died on the cross for me. He's forgiving my sins daily. He loves me. And when we are tempted to try to please others, which really what we're trying to do when we please others is really we want them to like us. And so it's really self-serving. People pleasing is actually self-pleasing and selfishness, the opposite of Jesus. So what if you got a little manger, grabbed the one off of your set, or if you don't have a manger scene, look one up online. Maybe it's a serious one, not a cartoon one. (laughs) But look at that face. Look at the face of the one who loves you and be reminded that this season and every season, you are accepted by Jesus. If you don't know him personally, ask him to forgive you of your sins. Tell him you want to be in a relationship with him. That's why he came. That's why he's in that manger originally is because of you. So 
no matter what your Enneagram number is or your disc personality test number or anything else or letter, whatever it is, who cares? Let's look at the manger. Look at the face of the one who loves and accepts us. That's just a little piece of my heart.